This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 20, What Is and What Should Never Be. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. document pulled up no you should because if if we're gonna try and go back trade back and forth uh you're you're gonna want it (laughs) i didn't mark out good like transition points but anything in italicies like if there's like a big paragraph in italicies that is like my individual notes so and there's not actually that many of them i also marked our lore break <laughs> but all right okay all right i have too many I things see you. pulled up uh-oh i'm trying to put this so where i can still see you and the notes okay there we go okay you're going all the way down to the bottom of the screen there you go <laughs> I just want to be able to keep an eye on audition to ah, make sure that I'm still recording on my end. What happened? What, what happened? What happened? My whole, sc- my whole screen just went black. Um, And it's like frozen. I can, well, I can still hear you and I can still see you. What the fuck? Did you accidentally open something? No. That was weird. Whoa. It like changed... What happened? <laughs> Haley's having technical difficulties. Please hold. <laughs> it like changed Discord around, so now I'm like on the same thing next to you. Oh, you may have pushed a button by accident. Did you hit? I'm gonna pop you out. There we go. Here's my girl. Okay. Boop. All right. Are you good? I guess that was weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea what happened, my love. <laughs> and it says up. There's an update ready. For what? Discord. Oh, well, don't click on it. Well, I <laughs> don't download that's... the update. I wonder if that's We're currently what... using Discord. That's what did it. Whoops. Hold on. Maybe. Oh, I could see how messy my desk is. It looks even worse from that angle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't like this format, but I guess I'm stuck with it, so. <laughs> I just um, popped our little video chat out so it's a separate window from the rest of Discord. Which let me make it smaller. How do you do that? Um, at the bottom corner, do you so you see where our like 
are like video chats are right yeah if you like hover over them there's like all these buttons and in the bottom right corner there's one that's a little arrow and if you click on that it should like if you hover over it it says like pop out and if you click on that it will um make it a, make our video chat a separate window i don't have that pop up oh i don't know do you have a oh, pin? pop out yeah pop out yeah uh, there we go yeah and that i i like that because it let me rearrange a little better on the screen Ooh, okay that's you're that's still better i still have discord overlapping um um okay but all right okay ah. where technical difficulties have been resolved theoretically for now we're gonna say yes we're gonna go forward <laughs> All right, let's get into this. <laughs> okay. I think this is an okay uh, setup so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to move you over to this side, actually. Oop, that's not what I want to do. I want to do this. Because I want to make sure that I can have Audition as my <laughs> main focus app. There we go. All right, okay. I think this is this works. This works well. All right. <laughs> okay. I like this episode. I okay, legit. I was watching this episode last night and I got into like one of my main Discord servers and I was like I freaking love watching episodes for the podcast because I got to the end of this episode and I had like made so many like connections and had all these thoughts of like how this episode lays the groundwork for some of the like or the decision the decisions that Dean makes in the next couple episodes, so I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> plus, it's just a good episode. Are you petting your dog? <laughs> Aww, she got an Ewok. <laughs> but all right, so to kick off this episode, we get our usual um, saving people, hunting things. <laughs> I'm having Haley fun with has the a plushie walk that she's holding up in front of her face. It was really cute. <laughs> All right, so we, but we kick off with our regular saving people, hunting things. Um, but then we go into, for the first time in a while, the events of both Mary and Jess's deaths. So we, they're both, they're like, hey, look, both of these people are dead. In case you <laughs> forgot that. <laughs> and then we also get this um, is the very oh, first episode you've ever seen. Yeah, just in case you're randomly popping in. <laughs> These people are dead. <laughs> um, and then we also get, uh, oh, I don't remember what episode it's from, but a moment where Dean basically said that the job fucking sucks, which it does. It does suck. It doesn't pay. They don't get insurance. They travel way too much. <laughs> Not a great job. Um, so our opening shot is on the Impala's front license plates, which have been changed. And this is, I think the plates change a couple times, but the, the Kansas one that was previ previously and this new Ohio one are like the two most like well-known. And I think did it's they... specifically because they highlight this change. <laughs> I was going to ask, did they change the license plates to try and throw the cops off of them? Yeah. Okay. Dean even says that. Dean's driving and he's on the phone with Sam oh, in back that. of their motel room. <laughs> um, and 
Sam's a little bit freaked out because there's a cop car in the parking lot at the motel. Um, and he's Dean's like, what do you think they're there for us? And he's like, I don't know. Dean's like, well, we ditched all of our credit cards. We changed the Impala's license plates. Like, you know, they're under the radar. Um, and then the cop, the cop like leaves. Uh, Sam is not very sure that the life of a fugitive is for him, but <laughs> they, he focuses on the task at hand, which he thinks they are hunting a jinn. Um, apparently Dean has been out searching abandoned buildings in the area where the victims disappeared. Um, and so, but yeah, so they're hunting a jinn, which we don't really go too deep into what they are, but we get the idea that this is what genies are based off of, and they supposedly, like, grant wishes. Um, Sam tells Dean that jinns usually hang out in ruins. And he says the bigger the better. Dean remembers, um, he says that he remembers a likely place a few miles back. And then like a, a friggin' noob, <laughs> he doesn't go pick up his backup. <laughs> Dean, you're supposed to be a yeah. professional. <laughs> what are you doing? Go get your brother. <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> Dean, uh, I do love this, um, scene, like the ambiance of this warehouse sequence when Dean, like, arrives to the warehouse because it's, like, it's dark and it's raining and, like, he goes inside but it still feels, like, damp and, like, cold just watching it. I mean, maybe it was because, maybe it's because I'm cold as fuck in my basement. Like, I'm freezing. It's very chilly in my room today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's very chilly in my room always. But, like, this set, this warehouse set is so visceral. I love it. I love it. I love how a lot of the, like, even though they encounter big, like, abandoned buildings like this a lot in early seasons, they're all different in their own ways. Like, they're all unique and easy to distinguish from each other, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dean gets jumped by the Jin. Um, I find it, I, I don't know much about, like, the actual lore of Jin's. Um... So I'd be interested to hear what someone from a Muslim um, background is that what th- culture they're think from of their yeah they, uh, yeah, it's Arabic yeah or they're supernatural creatures in early pre-Islamic Arabian religious systems and later in Islamic mythology. So I would love to know what someone from that like cultural background would think of the jinn design um in the show i personally think it's pretty cool with these like because he's got the jinn has these like tattoo looking lines all over his face and hands and stuff mm-hmm. um but he he grabs dean and like pins him and then he does this like blue flame thing with his hand and touches dean's head uh and dean wakes up in bed next to a gorgeous, very <laughs> naked woman with From Hell It Came from 1957 playing on the TV. Um, this is, I'm going to call this location the Barker Avenue house for simplicity's sake, but we are, uh, <laughs> we're back in Kansas. <laughs> so 
Oh, something that I hadn't noticed that the Super Wiki pointed out is that throughout this episode, throughout Dean's dream, he's wearing a necklace like he does usually, but instead of his amulet that's, that we will later learn Sam gave him, we haven't learned that yet, so that's kind of a spoiler, but his Dean's amulet is gone, and instead he's wearing like a silver chain with a little pendant. I didn't really get a good look at what the pendant is. Yeah. Um... But I liked that they kept that, because I feel like even in a world, like, Dean's just so used to having a necklace of some kind at this point. Like, this, he's been wearing it for years. So, like, it makes sense that even in his dream world, he'd still need something like that. Yeah. To make it uh, feel normal. Yeah. <laughs> feel free to jump in whenever you want to. Um so I can keep going, but if you ever want to take over, well, when feel free do, to just jump when in. When should I take over? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't really I don't plan know. it I out. Didn't, I didn't, no, I didn't plan it out as much. So, but yeah. <clears throat> um, maybe on sometime on the next page? I don't know. Whenever it kind of feels natural, I guess. <laughs> Whenever it's um, um, supernatural? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was bad. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So Dean uh, puts on some clothes because he's shirtless, which I had forgotten that detail. Dean's not shirtless often, so it kind of stuck out to me. <laughs> Dean is a bit of a prude, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> like he's surprisingly modest. Um, but he goes out into the living room. Um, he's, it's like a, um, it's a pretty nice looking apartment. Like he like turns the light on and I was like, huh, like this is kind of nice. It's yeah. kind of got a little bit of a bachelor pad feel to it still. Something about the chairs and the big comfy recliners and stuff just gives me like bachelor vibes, which makes me think that Carmen moved in with Dean and not the other way around, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then it's beside the point. Um, but he, he finds his phone and he calls Sam, who is very confused to hear from him. Because Dean is like, dude, I think the gin got me. And Sam's like, you're drinking gin? (laughs) Um, I love the way they frame this. The gin got me. I just kind of caught that joke. Um, But the, the way they frame it is you don't, it doesn't, it's not clear at first that this isn't Sam, Sam. Like, this isn't real world Sam. Like, cause like Sam answers the phone, like we just saw him like checking some emails and he answers the phone and it's all like tight in on his face. We're not really getting much of what's like around him or anything. And he just like, he thinks, but he, the way he's acting though is immediately off because he's like, what the frick are you talking about? Dean's like the big, the monster we're hunting. And Sam's like, dude, you're drunk. Go to bed. Um, (laughs) I think Damon says, like, I woke up next to a hot woman. It's <laughs> like, who, Carmen? Your girlfriend? <laughs> um, but yeah, Sam tells Dean to go to bed and hangs up. And as he does, he returns to the textbook he has in front of him and closes it to reveal the title, which is Criminal Law and Procedure. And this is like, besides the whole, like, everything is going wrong, this is like ever nothing is as it should be with Dean being in like strange place and stuff this is our like first sign that like 
something is really off because this is not Dean Sam. Um, yeah. At least not as we left him. <laughs> so Dean continues kind of searching the room. He finds a stack of mail addressed to Carmen as well as himself, and they have a Lawrence, Kansas address. Um, and this is where we meet Carmen for the first time, because she comes out of the bedroom in a really comfy-looking blue robe. Um, she's all worried, because he, like, she's like, why are you up like we were sleeping? It's, it's probably safe to assume that, like, in this dream world, like, in her me- her memories, they had sex and fell asleep, and now he's up and out of bed, because they were both very undressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the actress... Fun fact, the actress who plays Carmen, I know her from Hawaii Five-0, where oh. she plays Catherine Rollins, who is Steve McGarrett's, like, Navy intelligence uh, on-and-off girlfriend. Uh, is that the so one yeah. in the finale you didn't like? Yes. <laughs> that you were telling me about? <laughs> I was I was ranting at Haley about the Hawaii Five O finale. It was so good up until like the last minute, <laughs> and I just pretend that minute doesn't exist. <laughs> it just it just makes no sense. Okay, like character wise, it makes no sense. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so Dean very he's very awkward. He's very much like out of the loop, unsure of what to do with himself. Um, Dean is really good at fitting into situations when he needs to but only when he can kind of like plan for it a little bit you know yeah like when they went to prison like in last episode like he knew that was gonna happen like he he knew and also like i mean that kind of on the film set like he was thrown for a loop at first but then once he kind of like got his bearings he was good and in this episode, he, he like, never gets his bearings. Like, there's a little brief moment after he and Carmen come home from the dinner where he, like, seems a little bit like he's kind of figuring himself out, like, figuring out how he fits into this world, because he's, like, but, like, basically from this first moment when he wakes up, the phone call from Sam, with Sam this little conversation with Carmen, like, Dean is just out of place, doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. He just got thrown into a world that he knows nothing really about, so he's kind of figuring things out as he goes. Yeah. Um, but so Carmen goes back into the bedroom, and Dean looks it around at some of their photos. There's, like, a, what looks like a model photo of her, like, on a beach. Like, it's very clearly, like, professionally taken. And then you've got some, like, cute, like, selfie type pictures of him and Carmen together and then he encounters one that just kind of like like blows his mind and we don't see it but we see the like face down frame yeah when he drops it on the floor and rushes from the house uh and then he we cut the Impala pulling up in front of the Winchester childhood home uh and Dean runs up to bang on the door and ring the bell and Mary Winchester answers. Um, back from the dead. <laughs> back from the dead. Yeah. That's why they were like, hey, by the way, in case you forgot, this lady's dead. <laughs> in the recap. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
the way Dean looks at Mary, like, this whole episode, it yeah. just... Uh, <laughs> especially once he's, like, figured out that, like, at least as much as he can, that, like, she's r- r- as real as it gets, you know? Like, she's actually his mom and not, like, a monster. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The way he looks at her, oh, it just melts my heart. <laughs> um... Mary asks if Dean is okay, and when he says he doesn't know, she invites him inside. Um, we learn that, so, Mary tells Dean that Carmen is worried about him and called her to, like, see if he'd come over there. Um, Dean is being very awkward. Dean is so awkward this whole episode. (laughs) There's some moments where I was like, ooh, this hurts. (laughs) Like, the awkward is too strong for me. Um, but Dean, in order to, like, know for sure that this is Mary, asks what she used to tell him when she tucked him in to bed at night. Um, and after a little bit of prodding, she eventually answers that she used to say that angels were watching over him. Um, Dean almost, like, spills the beans. Like, he has a really hard time separating out, like, that this is not real with, like, his own... Because he, he even... He, like, starts to ask Mary here if if she thinks wishes can come true before he, like, is like, never mind, maybe I shouldn't say something about that. And just says he's happy to see her. But, like, later when he goes to, like, talk to the anthropology professor, like, there's some awkwardness there. And then obviously, like, in his interactions with Sam, like, he just doesn't know how to function in this world. <laughs> It's, it's so the like, world that he wish he had been able to grow up in, but it's a foreign one to him because... Yeah, it's, it's not a world he knows. He's not used to normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but Dean, uh, he asks if there was a fire in the house when he was a kid and learns that there never was. And then he, he learns that John, first off, played softball. Um... <laughs> it was on the softball team. <laughs> yeah. But also learns that John died of a stroke in his sleep earlier that year. Um, so John is dead still, but Mary is back. Uh... Which I was always wondering, why in Dean's perfect dream world would John be dead? Shouldn't John also be there? Because it's supposed to be his like perfect reality, right? To keep him you there? You think? Um, let me see. Where's my new shed? Do we? What are you looking for? I was looking to see if it says anything about whether or not they had difficulty getting um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan back for this episode, and that's why they just uh. went with he's dead. But I think also... I don't know. I think... It's really... I don't think it's the perfect world. It's just a world where Mary didn't die. And they never started hunting. And so in that world, like, yeah, maybe John still has died, but he just died of a normal death, you know? Yeah. He and died, I guess, like, like peacefully he and, in his sleep and He not... and Sam are, like, close either, so. Yeah, so it's not Dean's, like, it's, honestly, it's kind of like... An alternate universe, I guess? Well, no, but it makes me think of, like, like, people say, like, be careful what you wish for, because you never, like know what the actual effects are going to be so like yeah dean wishes that mary didn't die but in this episode he's learning that like like obviously this isn't like 
definitely what would have happened if Mary hadn't died. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, like, in his, like, idealized realities world... realities in which it could... If she had, hadn't died, what could have happened, I guess? Yeah. And, like, all of the, like, chain reaction things that would come out of that, all the things that would change. Um, it just makes me think, like, thinking... It's, like, a small version of a season six episode where the Titanic gets unsunk. Oh, really? <laughs> season six is a wild ride. <laughs> it's a yeah. good episode, though. I like it. Um, but it changes things. It changes a lot of it's things. It's the butterfly effect. Yeah. It's like yes, that's one, the word I was looking for. One small yes. thing that doesn't seem to have any consequences to it can have huge consequences. Yeah. Well, like, obviously Mary's death isn't a small thing, but it the path that it, her death like like the f- fork in the road that they went down because she died would never have happened if she like hadn't died you know yeah so like the boys wouldn't have had their like like super tight upbringing the way they did and have gotten as like codependent on each other as they are now if she had been around for them to like have a normal childhood you know so like but yeah, the butterfly effect is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's a small change. Well, I mean, like... But it is always interesting to see how, like, one change I mean, even in the course of, everything. like, the whole universe, one person, you know, maybe not a huge difference when you think about it, but yeah. it does still have huge effects on everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's not a small change in, like the scheme of like sam and dean's lives like mary not dying that is well, a, yeah <laughs> like that that changes everything so but yeah it is very interesting that john is still dead in this dream world um although dean trying to process all of this like taking all this information and not also look like he's losing his mind <laughs> like because he's like so happy that john died a peaceful death and didn't like sell his soul or anything you know yeah but in but he's also like trying not to weird out mary who also thinks that he's been drinking (laughs) (laughs) everyone thinks he's Uh, been drinking this whole episode (laughs) legit (laughs) um but she offers to have carmen come get him and dean's like no he's like no i'm sober and i i want to stay he says he he misses the old house um, and he'll sleep down here on the couch. And so Mary's like, all right, <laughs> my, uh, 27 year old son has just showed up at my door in the middle of the night and wants to sleep on my couch and he's not drunk. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on, but okay. Um, but Mary, uh, like very gently, like touches his cheek. Um, this is actually something we'll see him do or see her do in another, like, like dream Mary, um, scene the way that she, when he's like sitting on the couch that she like cups his cheek a little bit um and he like looks up at her she does that i'm pretty sure she does that again in another like kind of dream mary episode um it's a really like sweet little moment but dean is just like baby like he's like as he like watches mary like go back upstairs after she gives him a little kiss on the forehead like he is four years old yeah <laughs> Like, mom just tucked him into bed. He's gonna have the best night of his life. Like, he, he, he I have so many feelings about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Dean sleeps on the couch. 
Uh, he calls Sam first thing in the morning and doesn't get an answer. Probably because Sam's at the airport. Sam is on a <laughs> Which flight. <we> don't. <laughs> Sam is on a plane, Dean. <laughs> Phones aren't allowed. Dean doesn't know this. Uh, so Dean heads oh. to the University of Kansas and talks to an anthropology professor. Because uh, he's trying to figure out the whole gin thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he like basically tells him he's in one of his classes, doesn't he? Yeah, he lies about it. He's like, I don't he's recognize like, oh, you. He's like, you make learning fun. Like, <laughs> Dean! Uh, that's oh. where we learn some lore about the djinn. You want me to go yes. over that, too? Um, would you like to? Uh, I can. This is our lore break, so... Let me read my stuff real quick, and then we can read your stuff. Well, it's the stuff you sent me, but... <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, within my section, obviously, comes from the SuperWiki, uh, and all of our lore links are in the show notes. We haven't delved as deep into the lore this week as we usually do, um, but that's okay. So, within the supernatural world... The this is like what we know about Jin. So according to the wiki, little is known of Jin history, but their origins appear to come from the Middle East. Sam mentions them being mentioned. Um, wow, mentions twice. <laughs> I typed this. Not me actually. I copied and pasted it. <laughs> Sam talks about them being mentioned a lot in the Quran. Um, Jins are humanoid creatures with markings on their skin that appear tattoo-like. Jins prefer to live in ruins with lots of places to hide and appear to be mostly solitary and hermit-like in nature. When a jinn accesses their powers, their eyes glow blue and their arms will be engulfed in a blue smokeless flame. They feed on human blood and can poison their victims with a touch, which causes reality-altering hallucinations. So, jinns are also classified as genies and are able to read a person's mind to learn their deepest desires, but they do not truly grant wishes like the genies of lore. Instead, they send their victims into a fantasy universe where they believe their wish has been granted, while the jinn can drink their blood slowly over the course of days. Time passes slowly enough in the fantasy universe that the jinn's victims can feel as if they've lived an entire lifetime before their physical bodies die. Um, which is honestly... Probably the, one of the more humane ways that monsters kill people. Like, they, like, live a happy dream life for a couple of days yeah. and then die. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Haley has the official Wikipedia page about gins for us. Yeah. Would you like to go into that? Sure. <laughs> Um, so jinn is the Arabic term for what we knew, know in Western culture as like genie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the supernatural creatures in early pre-Islamic Arabian religious systems and later in Islamic mythology and theology uh, like humans they are created with fitra neither born as believers nor as unbelievers their attitude depends on whether they accept God's guidance since, 
<laughs> yeah, since jinn are neither innately evil nor innately good, Islam acknowledged spirits from other religions and was able to adapt spirits from other religions during its expansion. Jinn are not a strictly Islamic concept. They may represent several pagan beliefs integrated into Islam. Oh, um, that's interesting. In in Islamic context, the term jinn is used both as a collective designation for any supernatural creature and also to refer to a specific type of supernatural creature. Um, as referring to invisible creatures in general, jinn are often mentioned together with devils. Both devils and jinn feature in folklore and are held responsible for misfortune, possession, and diseases. Uh, the jinn, in contrast, are sometimes supportive and benevolent. They are mentioned frequently in magical works throughout the Islamic world to be summoned and bound to a sorcerer, but also in zoological treatises as animals with subtle body. Huh. Oh, interesting. So there's like all sorts of different variations on jinn stories. Yeah. Sounds like. Okay, I really don't so... know that much about them beyond like like fantasy like novel stuff you know like there's a i think there's a jinn in the first season of the witcher and that's yeah. the episode where um that's the one where Geralt can't sleep <laughs> yeah i kind of remember that i saw that a long like time ordering ago ordering <laughs> a pie and finding out it has no filling <laughs> you need a nap <laughs> um, highly relatable <laughs> here's some of the depictions of it according to wikipedia um so they're not supernatural in the sense of being purely spiritual and transcendent to nature. While they are believed to be invisible, they also eat, drink, sleep, breed with the opposite sex, and produce offspring that resemble their parents. Interesting. Uh, let's see. They are natural in the classical. <laughs> wow, thanks. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> he stayed up too late. I didn't get enough sleep. Also, I spent the afternoon cleaning. I cleaned my bathroom. I nice. washed my mats. And then I crawled around on the kitchen floor upstairs and wiped it like dried it after my grandma steam clean it so i've had a lot more physical activity today than i'm used to <laughs> wow you've been productive i'm sleepy <laughs> okay and then a nap keep going <laughs> uh they are natural in the classical philosoph philosophical sense of consisting of an element undergoing change and being bound in time and space uh they resemble resembled spirits or devils in the sense of evading sensible perception, that they are not of immaterial nature. Uh, they interact in a tactile manner with people and objects. Um, sometimes they're included and depicted as animals. Um... So... Sharif Jafar, write, writing about jinn belief in India, states that their bodies are constituted of 90% spirit and 10% flesh. Only 10%? Yeah. 
<laughs> which which ten percent? <laughs> Interesting. So that nature There's enables them so to so much of this to read to change their shape, move quickly, fly, uh, enter human bodies, cause epilepsy and illness. Hence, the temptation for humans to make them allies by means of magical practices. Unlike the Jin and later European understanding, Jin are not depicted as magical creatures. There's there is legit like so much to yeah. this Wikipedia article. Like Haley is just scratching just the surface, barely like, scratching the through, surface, picking stuff out. Like <laughs> so, if you guys want to read more about these, highly recommend checking that out. And as always, like my favorite thing to do on Wikipedia when deep diving on a topic is to go all the way down to the resources section. Uh, and check out everything that they have, the people writing the Wikipedia article have used as a reference. Because um, they're, they're just chock full of great knowledge. So, if you're not, I don't see if you're not utilizing the references section of a Wikipedia article, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't see anything that mentions, like, wishes where, where the wishes came from and all that but interesting i don't know maybe yeah, that's more obviously of the not... part of it yeah um because it seems like um well, apparently... the european part kind of adopted it and kind of made their own interpretations yeah the anglicized wonder... version of gin is genie which means it's kind of that part yeah. was adopted into European culture as well. But yeah, I, I wonder if it like came along through the idea that um, a sorcerer can summon a jinn and force him to like perform orders because that's what it talks about in the witchcraft and magical literature section. Hmm. Didn't see is that. Is that like <laughs> like a sorcerer? There's way too much to look summon through. a jinn. <laughs> Which is what, um, that's actually what Yennefer is doing in the episode of The Witcher that features a djinn, is she's summoning it to, like, use it. Yeah. Like, bind it to her. Um, and I wonder if the idea that, like, a djinn can, like, like, a, a bound djinn can perform your, like, every desire turned into wishes and then through, like, retellings over the years came like developed into the common three wishes story we hear today um i like how in the supernatural world the jinn like doesn't grant a wish like, yeah like you don't have you know it's not like like aladdin genie i wish for xyz there it is you know it's it makes you think it's granted your wish like it uses its powers to like pull the information from your mind and then creates like a a hallucination that makes it seem like that wish has been fulfilled i always found that very interesting it's like it's very dark (laughs) to be quite honest with you (laughs) it does mention that way to subjugate them is inserting a needle into their skin or dress since they're afraid of iron they're unable to remove it with their own power interesting so maybe that's okay. where the metal knife thing came from i don't know maybe all right but yeah as always that that source will be 
all of both of our sources will be linked in the show notes really interesting (laughs) if you want to deep dive on them because we some episodes we go real deep like i think like bloody mary we went off the rails on that one we learned some really interesting stuff but and then other episodes we just we don't always have the time or the to be as prepared as we should be um all right should we get back into the episode yeah yeah Do you want to keep going? Sure. Okay. So we are right after the lore break. <laughs> because yes, I put that in our notes this time, because last <laughs> time I forgot. <laughs> last time I did not stop for lore. <laughs> so okay. this time, even though there was like a natural lore stopping point, I was like, mm, I'm going to make sure I don't forget again. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um. So... Dean goes back to the Impala and he opens the trunk and there's not the usual array of weapons in there. There's just some junk in there and magazines. I'm sure there's actually a spare tire in the wheel well. Because that's where where all their weapons are. Yeah. It's the wheel well underneath, like, the floor of the trunk. Yeah, I'm sure there's actually a tire in there. Hopefully the boys never get a flat. (laughs) They'll be (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Um, so when he shuts the trunk, he sees kind of like this ghostly woman in a white dress, like standing there watching him. Yeah. Um, Very woman in white-esque. Yeah. So he tries to make his way. There's lots of women in white in this show, I just realized. So we have Mary, we have Jess, um, and now this girl too, this just random chick. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um... So he tries to approach her, but he almost gets hit by a car. And then when he looks back, she's gone. So yeah. that was weird. Yes, very weird. Um, back at Mary's home, apparently she made him a sandwich. She says it's the best sandwich ever. It does look like a damn good sandwich. It does. <laughs> a little less leaf for me, but, you know, it looks pretty good. <laughs> looks really yummy. It made me hungry. Yeah. Um... And Mary wonders why he's out at work at the garage. Apparently he works in a garage in this dream world. <laughs> he works on Honestly, cars. It makes sense. That is that that is my f- favorite go-to job for Dean. Like, when I'm writing, like, AUs in fiction. Or even if I, like, write a, like, a retirement fic, you know, where, like, the boys retire from hunting. Dean working, like, in a job, or in a garage like on cars like that yeah, just it makes sense it's so perfect i've read so many fics where he has like a classic car restoration or like he works at bobby's salvage yard fixing cars and things like that like it it's perfect yeah <laughs> um he tells her uh, that she that he has the day off and he kind of looks outside <laughs> and he's like can i mow the lawn <laughs> she's like <laughs> Um, you've never mowed Her a lawn face. before, but okay, if you want. She's like, you're act, you're acting like you've never mowed a lawn in your life, and he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like knock Not yourself wrong. out. <laughs> the the awkwardness of him mowing the lawn too, like same Dean. I also would not have any. Clue you can tell he's do. never done this in his life. <laughs> he's literally never done this. He's like, I don't know how to work. It. <laughs> he's just the way he turns it on the sidewalk, like tipping the lawnmower, like turning it around. <laughs> it like almost falls like... over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's very enthusiastic the whole time, though. 
It plays like a very um, upbeat version of What a Wonderful World as he's mowing the lawn. Is that yeah, going to be our Joey intro Ramon. music? Yep. <laughs> nice. That is indeed our intro music. I figured. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like very peppy mowing the lawn, waving to he's neighbors. In a great mood. <laughs> and it's adorable. He just had a really great sandwich. <laughs> yeah. His mom's alive. <laughs> Uh, that's Sam's when, coming over. That's when Sam and Jess uh, show up. Yeah. He, I like, love the way that Dean's like bear hugs yeah. Jess. She's like, okay. And he like almost suffocates <laughs> Jess. He, er, yeah. Sam is very confused. Yeah. Asks if oh. he's been drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to Kripke in the season two commentary... Uh, apparently, they actually had difficulty getting Adrian Pleaky back for Jess because of her shooting schedule on Friday Night Lights, um, and they actually like switched around like the filming schedule, and so they they filmed the one like they switched um, episode twenty with whatever was next on the schedule it was probably twenty one. And um, resumed filming when she could come in for the three days that they needed her. So, like, they actually, like, filmed out of order in order to make sure that they could have Adrian as for Jess. Because she was so key to the episode. Um, which I'm really glad they put in that effort. Yeah. Because I love her. I love her. <laughs> I think it makes sense in Dean's, Dean's dream world that Sam's with, you know the lady Seems, that like, he happy. loves you know yeah yeah oh um yeah so yeah. sam's acting really awkward and not like he's himself like, <laughs> he's like what is wrong with you <laughs> oh we learned that it is mary's birthday and dean did not know <laughs> yes he didn't forget he just straight up didn't know yeah because i guess he didn't check a calendar uh, also, it is seen as so awkward, like, between him and Sam. Like, it is just so awkward, because it's very clear. Sam, Because Sam thinks that Dean's been drinking, and that he does have a beer in his hands. Like, he can't say, no, I haven't been drinking, because he's literally holding a beer. <laughs> he was literally just <laughs> drinking it. But, but he's not like, drunk. <laughs> he's not That's drunk. Difference. No, he just, like, went and got a cold beer after mowing the lawn, you know? Like, he would have, like, a glass of lemonade or something. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it is just the 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 awkwardness and the way that like Dean is very quickly realizing that this is not his Sam and he doesn't quite know what to expect or do around him. That's that's really Dean the whole episode being like, Yeah, this is supposed to be like my dream world with like Mary's alive, but like where do I even fit? Like who even am I in this world? Yeah, um, and this moment really highlights that. <laughs> also, babe, yes, my love, we're at least halfway through this episode. How are we only on page three of eight of notes that you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have a lot of notes. <laughs> Good God, you're very detailed. <laughs> okay, I love you. Well, we also just spent a big long chunk. Um. And one of it's all lore, okay. During that lore. Makes sense. So, but also, um, I did not write this synopsis. I just edited it 
Oh yeah, I can't you're taking it, it from, the... from the fandom wiki. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I these days I just don't have it in me to like make a synopsis of the episode and have good thoughts. It makes sense. To no need to type it out twice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just copy and paste it and then like edit and correct things where I can. I'm, I'm going off of Kenzie's notes and... this time. I didn't take my Yeah, <laughs> Haley has my notes open. Um, so we cut to kind of later in that evening. The whole family is at a nice restaurant celebrating Mary's birthday. Dean is overjoyed to be seeing Sam happy with Jess. Like, uh, he's not overjoyed about the food. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what's on his plate. Like, what is on the plate that the waiter puts in front of him? <laughs> I love that. And I think there's asparagus. I love that. But it's like uh, standing upright. <laughs> Carmen's like, you can get a cheeseburger after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know me so like, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then Sam and Jess announce that they have got engaged. Um, and everyone like gets up and congratulates them. There's hugs, and Dean tells Sam that he's really glad that Sam is happy. Did you notice? Okay, I had never noticed this before. There's actually a lot of little things in this episode that I'd never noticed before. But the way they frame this bit when Dean like goes to shake Sam's hand, um, just makes Dean look so small. It's something about the angle of the cameras. I don't know if they. Jared was wearing tall shoes, but Dean just looks tiny. <laughs> uh, I didn't really and pay attention to that. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just like an accidental, like, this is how the shot was framed and it this was the end result and they went with it, or if it was on purpose to like cut, try and show like that Dean feels like small and out of place in this world. Like he's very happy to see Sam so happy, Sam and Jess happy, and Mary's doing well, and you know, yeah. but he feels like insignificant and out of place. Maybe I'm not sure, but it, it really stuck out to me for some reason when I was rewatching this episode. I was like, Dean looks small. <laughs> I mean, and they don't dude, know if it was like, done on purpose or on accident. Yeah, I, I have guess. no idea. <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah, but so Dean. Uh, it's distracted though from talking to Sam by the sight of the same girl that he saw on campus. And she looks much worse from the wear. Like earlier when we saw her, like she was just like looked basically fine. You know, she's just like a weird girl, weird girl standing on campus in a white dress. But now, now she's like like her skin kind of is bloody. gray and her dress is all dirty. Um, Wait, she hasn't slept in five weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, she does not look good. Um, and Dean pushes past Sam to like rush towards her, but by the time she reaches, he reaches where she was standing, she is gone. And it appears that he is the only one who saw her. The way that everybody's looking at him when he turns around in this moment, it hmm. weirded me out. It no, really I didn't catch that at the time, but like looking back, I can see because it's kind of the gin, right? His his uh, magic power, you know. Yeah, like, well, because check, like, Dean like try is... to check to see if he's kind of in on it or not, you know? No, I don't think so. Because what I think is happening is that Dean is like coming a little bit in and out of the hallucination, like, yeah, out of the dream. Like he's coming out just enough that he like sees this girl, yeah, but not so much that he's fully waking up and the gin is just putting him back under, you know? But it's so he's like getting these little glimpses of the outside world. 
but he doesn't know that that's what's going on quite yet. Well, yeah. But what stuck out to me, though, is when he turns around to look back at his family, and they're all looking at him, and, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, concern, but the, like, neutral, there's, like, a neutralness. Is that a word? Neutrality. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Neutralness to their expressions that just gave me the creeps. I was like, hmm, that's not normal. I don't know if that was on purpose or what, but I don't like it. <laughs> it just creeped me out. Like he like well, I just kind broke of... the simulation for a second and they had to reset. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Or I mean, because they do kind of try to talk him into staying at the end, you know? Yeah. Which is like the djinn's powers. Yeah, that's the djinn like specifically like that's the djinn's like powers really actively. Yeah. Trying to get him to stay but this this moment the way they like look at him after he's like went off to chase somebody that doesn't apparently exist you know like, yeah it's just it's just a really interesting moment. i also notice how no one else in the restaurant like is looking up at him either you know like all the other yeah guests. like it's it's very like weird like they're they're still time. doing their own thing yeah it's very like separated and like it's like it like it like he glitched the system for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's bizarre. Um So I go back to Mary's house. Um Sam asks what happened to the restaurant. And Dean's like, I don't know, I I just thought I saw someone. Um but Mary goes up to bed and Sam's like, Yeah, I think Jess and I are gonna do the same. Um Dean's like, dude, it's only nine PM, which like, yeah. Seriously, Sam, like, did, are you really that much of a loser? <laughs> he goes to bed, bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Not a college student, which it's, Sam is in this episode. Like, I'm guessing he's in law, like, he's supposed to be in law school, you know, in, at Stanford. So, like, <laughs> he should have studying to do. Um, Dean wants to celebrate more, though. But Sam is like, okay, look, we need to talk. And this is where it all comes out, all the things that everyone but Dean knows, which is that the boys don't get along, and they they aren't close, they don't talk outside of holidays. This whole little scene breaks my heart. <laughs> it makes me sad for Dean, because he's clearly, like, devastated by this news. Like, he's trying to, like, like he's keeping it cool. But it's clear that he is, like, like he doesn't really know how to handle this. Um, apparently in the past, Dean has stolen Sam's ATM card, skipped out on his graduation, and slept with his prom date on prom night. Uh, <laughs> Sam's like, I'm not mad anymore, and I don't expect you to change. We just don't really have anything in common. Um, Dean's like, no, we have one thing. Hunting. Sam's like... Dean, I've never been hunting in my life. And this is where it, like, really clicks. That, like, they, they are civilians. Like, there is... They they don't have anything. This is not his Sam. At all. Uh, and Dean very clearly doesn't know how to process this. Because he just stands there when Sam... As Dean leaves... Or as Sam leaves and is like... Like, he doesn't know what just happened. Oh... And it really breaks my heart. This is one of those episodes where Jensen's acting really shines. Mm-hmm. Like the minute facial expressions or the big facial expressions. But just like the way that Dean looks at Sam in this scene. Like it speaks volumes. It's so good. Yeah. 
Oh. Okay. Do you want to take over? Save my voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back. Thank you. Back at uh, Dean's place. Um. So Carmen, he's like sitting out on the couch. Carmen brings him a beer. His favorite brand, which I guess is El Sol, according to the notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's a fictional brand. So I think he it, makes a comment like about how uh, perfect she is for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is really sweet. It's really cute. I mean, I feel like he never really feels like he like deserves a girl's attention, you know? Mm-hmm. He's always like surprised by it. You've made that remark before. Yeah. Definitely. It's, that's like kind of a reoccurring theme with Dean is that like he's got this macho persona, but then when a girl actually like is attentive to him and like actively pursues him, he doesn't quite know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the fact that um someone like chose him and settled down with him and like knows him so well is like a big surprise to him (laughs) yeah i think she even jokes at the restaurant he's like how did i end up with someone as cool as you and she says i just i just have really bad taste (laughs) which that feels like a line pulled right out of dean's head that dean is like there's no way that this hot chick would ever settle with me she must have horrible taste (laughs) like and obviously she's joking but like you know that's kind of how dean thinks of himself i I get. It's, that's the vibe I get sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so he talks about how he's upset that he and Sam don't get along. Uh, Carmen says they just don't really know each other very well, but she thinks Sam doesn't know what he's missing, not knowing Dean. Um, and then she's wondering what's getting into him. And he says that he feels like he's been given a second chance and doesn't want to waste it, and he wants to fix things with Sam. Um, they like start making out here <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she stops and says she has to get ready for work and he's like what she's like don't you do this to me right now which I get that I get your girl like that. <laughs> what do you mean you get that <laughs> I've definitely done this to you it's like a big tease you start like making out and Dean's like all ready to like just go for it <laughs> she's like no no i have somewhere to be we're not gonna leave me hanging thank you <laughs> like don't get me all riled up when i have to go like, <laughs> like he's like where uh, are you going at midnight and she's apparently a nurse he's like yes of course i got a nurse as a girlfriend <laughs> he he's very impressed by this yes, he is. Kind of has a bit of a thing for nurses and i think it's partially probably a little bit of kink but also um just the fact they're probably also like just very like caring a respect and, thing yeah yeah hardworking. also that like like yeah he's like this is like a smart kind like gorgeous caring woman like she's literally perfect dean likes independent women she's hardworking. And she's, and she's, nurses yeah, are definitely independent definitely women <laughs> oh yeah um, yeah I don't think I'd ever really made that connection that Dean really likes independent women. He likes women that are, he thinks are out of his league. (laughs) Especially, yeah, there's that. But especially when it comes to, like, like a woman that he would actually want to, like, kind of settle down with. Yeah. 
he definitely leans towards women who really have their lives together like lisa um his like, one night stand that he keeps coming back to joe i don't know if joe's got her life together but she is <laughs> gonna do it all on her own regardless <laughs> she's, got, she's got a confident attitude and he likes she, yeah she's she's got the she's got the confidence of her life being put together yeah <laughs> Her life is not put together, but she can act like it is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then this, like, Carmen, who is a total figment of the the gin dream. She's not even, like, anybody he knows in real life, but this is, like, his ideal woman. Is She's independent and confident and gorgeous and funny and kind and, like, is... It's, I think it's really interesting, like, Pitt looking at the the characteristics that Carmen has mm-hmm. and like why the Jin may have specifically pieced together her personality that way. Yeah. But yeah. He's like, of course I got a fucking nurse. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. He's clearly very proud of her. <laughs> um, He's known her for a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've had two conversations. <laughs> so he's like, after she leaves for work, he's flipping through the, late night tv channels and he comes across this news uh news channel that talks about the anniversary of the crash of united britannia flight 424 um which she realizes is the one that he and sam saved back in season one from the demon yep um and then he goes and like researches all the other you know happenings and realizes that everyone had died that he and Sam yeah. had saved. <laughs> There's like a little montage of newspaper clippings and yeah. I didn't take the time. I thought about doing it of like trying to like pause on each one and figure out all the different cases. But the um, one that definitely is noticed is that he actually leaves the computer screen on when he gets up is Playthings. This is a girl, yeah, the girl in the hotel, hotel pool. pool. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so he's really upset by this news, obviously, and then he spots the girl again out of the corner of his eye, the lady in white, and um, he follows her into his room, and he is very surprised to see two, like, dead bodies hanging by their wrists in his closet, <laughs> because, yeah, as you yeah. would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then the girl appears again. Yeah. And... These are very effective props, and I hate them. Yeah. I hate them. They're so gross. And she's looking <laughs> even worse, and then she and the bodies vanish, and he's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. And this is this is the like, key, this next scene is yeah. the key scene in this episode. This is the one that people always come back to. It's, like, I think I've heard this monologue used in fan videos a million times, but it's just so good. Yeah, because um, we cut to Lawrence Cemetery where Dean is standing in front of John's grave, um, venting his frustrations to his father. Um, and I, I think I'll include the audio clip here. Yeah, it looks um, like you I had written made... down the whole uh, speech. I have the whole <laughs> monologue here, and so I'll kind of hit the highlights, but I'm going to include the entire audio clip. It's a really good speech. Um, it made me sad. <laughs> All of them. Everyone that you saved, everyone Sammy and I saved. They're all dead. And there's this woman 
It's haunting me. I don't know why. I don't know what the connection is. Not yet, anyway. It's like my old life is just coming after me or something. You know, like like it doesn't want me to be happy. Or as I know what you'd say. Well, not that you'd have played softball, but said go hunt the gin. Hey, it put you here. It can put you back. Your happiness for all those people's lives, no contest, right? But why? Why is it my job to save these people? Why do I have to be some kind of hero? What about us, huh? But mom's not supposed to live her life. Sammy's not supposed to get married. Why do we have to sacrifice everything, Dad? God, it breaks my heart. So, but essentially, he I keep clicking on things, <laughs> and then the and then it switches um, windows, and then you disappear, and I have to pull you up again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but essentially, Dean's like, um, like this is what's going on, and I know what you'd say, like not not this you, but like you, uh, which you know, go hit hunt the gin, put you here, you know, put you back. Like, it's all these people's lives. Uh, and then Sam, this is the part that's the most well-known, which is that Dean says, why is it my job to save these people? Why do I have to be some kind of hero? Uh, what about us? Mom's not supposed to live her life. Sammy's not supposed to get married. Why do we have to sacrifice everything, Dad? Um, and, oh my God, this scene. Jensen just knocks it out of the park he he's so good in this moment i really love this is one of my favorite bits of acting that he does that i just never gets old is when we get to see behind all of dean's walls um and this scene immediately reminded me of the scene in home you remember the scene where dean goes to call john and is like there's something in our old house something's up like i need you and we like see his walls crumble Mm-hmm. like really come down for the first time like he get, gets choked up it reminds me of this where he like puts all these shields up to protect himself from the world and then um these moments where we get to see behind it and see how much pressure dean is putting on himself especially in this moment like how and it, like it probably stems from like pressure that john put on him and also, like, Dean's worldview of his father as a hero, like, we we kind of, we learn this next season that, like, there's a flashback scene where Sam, like, learns that monsters are real and John hunts monsters and Dean's like, er, Dean's like, our dad is a superhero. Like, our dad is awesome. He saves people. And he, his desire to be just like John in, in, in like, trying to live up to his father's memory and be just like his hero dad he has put all this pressure on himself to be the one who saves everybody uh and i think that's kind of like a reoccurring theme that we'll see throughout the show because i think even like Cass says it at one point it's like you can't save everyone dean like he all he can do is his best Um, but he really struggles with feeling like he has value inherent in himself as a person 
and not what he can bring to the world. And this, I think this scene really, like, is a look at that and how, like, how much pressure Dean puts on himself, but also that he knows what he has to do. Like, he, he needed to get the emotions out, but he knows what he needs to do. Yeah. Um... God, I love this. <laughs> I love this episode. It's so good. It's a really this good is episode. Talk about Dean episode. <laughs> I mean, it I'm is kind of Dean's a good episode. Time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, but so from here, we cut to Mary's house. Um, hang on. I have an episode title. <laughs> Um, and I love this next little bit. I had never noticed how much this scene hails back to the pilot. Like this yeah. shot yeah, of that Sam too. and Jess sleeping, it is exactly framed exactly the way it was in the pilot episode. You know, Sam grabbing, the- and he, he uh. <laughs> wakes up in the dark, and he gets the bat, and he creeps downstairs, and there's like someone in the house, but it's dark, and then <laughs> but the Dean just like grabs Sam and slams him <laughs> on the ground and is like that was embarrassingly easy <laughs> like sorry it's the so Sam good. is a wuss <laughs> the Sam He's doesn't have strong any dude. Uh, fighting skills like the other Sam yeah. he's he a big strong dude who can't do anything with it they have, um, the, the Sam doesn't have giant scythe knives in his uh <laughs> gosh yes arsenal oh. but yeah, <laughs> that we never we see again <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I love it, because we get, um, we get, Dean, what the hell are you doing here? And then the way Dean, like, stands Sam up, and is like, oh, I was looking for a beer. Like, it's right out of the pilot. I love it. My friend, one of my friends was speculating that this could be Dean, like, testing this timeline, but I don't think so. I think this, at this moment, Dean (coughs) knows what's going on, at least like 90% there. You know, he's he's mostly figured things out. He knows he's, he's hunting got, a gym. Yeah, he's got steps in the right direction. He knows this isn't his Sam. I think this is just like writing-wise, obviously calling back to the pilot. But it's also this is the moment with like this scene for this Sam and Ardine is them coming together to like eventually be a team in a minute like this is the the moment that like gets this sam to go with him and we get the boys like together sort of but it's still off but like this is them reconnecting yeah just like they did in in the the pilot pilot. yeah (laughs) it's beautiful beautiful parallels in the writing i love it this time instead of dean looking for a beer he's looking for the silver knives and mary's china cabinet (laughs) yes um sam wants to know what dean's doing um he's like why are you stealing mom's silver dean or dean makes up a story about how he owes a bookie some money and he was gonna pawn some of the silver to pay off this debt um and (laughs) dean is being so weird in this scene like obviously (laughs) i think sam going with dean is part of the gin like magic trying to keep dean in the dream like but 
I also think, like, if this was, like, an actual, like, if he'd been sent to an alternate universe with Sam and this wasn't, like, controlled by Jin magic, I think Sam still would have been, like, what the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you acting so weird? Because Dean's, like, Dean's, like, no, I just need the silver to pawn, like, to pawn to pay off a bookie. And then he only grabs one silver knife, which isn't going to get you very much. It's going to be, like, what, like, 25 dollars fifty dollars i don't know how much a silver knife is worth but not not that much yeah. not enough to be like i have to steal from my own mother to pay off this debt like no um he only takes one knife but he also is like he tells sam that lives are depending on it um <laughs> what what kind of bookie do you owe money to <laughs> like, just because he's like got this like believable lie but then he like slips he like he he it's more of dean not really fitting into this world because it's not made for him it's made for a dean who grew up with his mother alive and that's not our dean yeah like and he did but he also he just doesn't fit but yeah they, they, <laughs> he like has this lie but then he falls out of the lie and then he goes back into it and he <laughs> But he tells, um, Dean tells Sam that he's sorry, that he's sorry they don't get along, and he wishes he could stay and fix it. Um, that's another key thing, is he makes it sound like he's not coming back. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he tells Sam well, he's not coming to... back to this reality. Yeah. He asks, are you okay? In the screen, it looked like there was, like, a bug, but it was actually, oh. uh... Some a dot on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just your uh, your laptop's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, okay. there's like a filthy a whole thing here, but there's a hole. It's a <laughs> part of a someone's old poster that got stuck or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna pull it more. Yeah, don't do more damage to your bedroom. Um, okay, so Dean asks Sam to tell Mary that he loves her. Um, he pauses at the front door for one last look around at the everything before he walks away. And this is Dean leaving <clears throat> behind his... Um... <coughs> That's why I held up my finger. <laughs> you Okay. <coughs> My tummy's okay. mad. Oh no. Um, maybe because you started your day with a quesadilla. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is Dean making the decision to walk away from the his deepest wish. Apparently. Um, we cut out to the car where he's apparently kind of like gathering himself from what was a little bit of an emotional moment when Sam gets in the passenger seat. Uh, and Sam declares that whatever stupid thing you're about to do, you're not doing it alone, and that's that. <laughs> Which is the most like our Sam he has behaved this entire episode. <laughs> Sassy Sam is back. Yes. Uh, Dean is confused. He asks why Sam's doing this, and Sam's like, look, maybe we're not best friends, but you're still my brother. Uh, Dean calls him bitch. <laughs> Sam's Sam like, is so why offended. are you calling me <laughs> looks at him it's so great he's like why are you calling me a bitch it's like you're supposed to say jerk never mind <laughs> <laughs> so he heads off 
Um, while they drive, Sam discovers a paper bag the Dean has and asks what's in it. Dean's like, you don't want to know. <laughs> Sam insists on opening it, though, and he finds a jar of lamb's blood. He doesn't know it's lamb's blood at first, uh, but he immediately starts freaking out, uh, f- which is reasonable. I think I'd freak out, too. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. Jared playing freaked out civilian Sam is honestly kind of a good time. <laughs> it's I, really I enjoy funny. it. It's fun. <laughs> it's really good his like shocked horror expressions the whole time they're in the warehouse in a minute iconic i love it so good um but in this so dean explains that he needed a silver knife dipped in land's blood to hunt a jinn uh sam thinks dean is having a psychotic break (laughs) uh tries to get him to stop the car and when he pulls out his phone to call for help (laughs) dean just calmly takes the phone rolls down the window and throws it out (laughs) I love, I love <laughs> Sam's like that was my phone <laughs> how we like are focused on like Sam like dialing and at the corner of your eye you just see Sam casually unroll the window or Dean yeah, yeah Dean and then he just the grabs window. the phone checks it out <laughs> it's just it's so smooth it's so good um, Dean tells Sam to sit tight and try not to get them both killed <laughs> considering that Dean has no idea what he's doing Sam um, <laughs> Sam yes thank you I legit so many times while writing the notes I kept missed I do this sometimes too when I'm writing fix is I will use the wrong name like they're like synonymous in my head (laughs) yeah um alright so we get Saturday Night Special by Leonard Skinner and the boys arrive at the same abandoned warehouse from earlier we get like a repeat it's raining it's icky and cold looking um sam is asleep in the passenger seat dean pulls a classic big brother move and shines a flashlight in his eyes to wake him up (laughs) (laughs) which i love uh sam asks where they are dean's like we're not in kansas anymore this episode has two two wizard of oz (laughs) jokes (laughs) yeah it does (laughs) um and he explains that they're in illinois um sam follows dean at the warehouse uh is trying to persuade dean to go he's like look dean there is nothing here like we came all the way out here for no reason can we please just leave but then they hear what sounds like someone crying um and that sam freaks out sam's like what the fuck is that (laughs) um so dean orders sam to stay behind him and stay quiet and they turn a corner to find the two bodies that dean saw in his closet earlier um, there's an empty hospital blood bag hooked up to one of them. And then he spots the girl that he's been <coughs> seeing all episode. Um, and she's tied up just like the bodies are. So do, does the supernatural gin feed on blood or like their life essence or what? Um, so we kind of delve into it a little more. There's a season eight episode where you encounter another like variety of gin. So, but what I guess happens it's kind of like, like, they're, like, feeding on, like, the person's, like, happiness via their blood, I guess. That's mm. kind of the vibe I get. Because they put them in this, like, dream world and then feed off of that. Yeah. Like, um, and we do encounter Jin a couple of times and they always have them, have the people, like, in a, like, a hallucinated like a dream of some kind and then like we actually in season eight we will encounter a gin that actually feeds off of like people's fear and not their joy 
Hmm. Um, so it puts them in like a nightmare situation. That would be a not, worse one to die. <laughs> yes. And not a like your deepest desire situation. So that's kind of like based off of that season eight knowledge, that's kind of what I'm assuming is happening here is the Jin puts them in these happy dreamlands and then is like feeding off of the the like dopamine chemicals and stuff probably. Yeah, okay. Um or just magic happy vibes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're not real. <laughs> um um they Dean hears the gin coming though and like drags Sam. We learned they like he like drags him under the stairs. Um the girl fi- the gin comes in, finds the girl alone. Um She's kind of awake, and she's, like, asking for her dad, but the Jin uses its magic to subdue her and, um, and drinks from the blood bag, which is really gross. Uh, and Sam gags. Fair enough. I would also be gagging. <laughs> he's, he's, like, I thought it was a gasp at first. I think in, like, the transcript it says it's a gasp, but uh, I was like, I oh, it was no. A gasp. Now that man almost lost his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like... But that draws the attention of the Jin, but the Jin doesn't spot them. Um, it goes upstairs and leaves. Jean is he? He's like you know, this girl thinks she's with her father, and this is he's putting together the final pieces here. Um, this is what the Jin does. It doesn't grant your wish. It just makes you think it has. Um, Sam is like, "Can we please go? <laughs> uh, goodbye. I I want to leave." Um, Dean gets hit with a flash of himself in this very room in the same position as the girl and realizes that what's happening to her is happening to him. And that's why he's been seeing her is because they're like together in like the Jin's lair. Is when he like is coming a little bit out of the dream, he like opens his eyes and sees her. And so his like conscious mind, what little of it like is aware or his subconscious is pulling that um like exterior input into his dream world um he's getting like little flashes at reality um teens like sam's like okay that's cool i believe you can we go (laughs) like i will believe anything you say we need to get out of here (laughs) sam is very freaked out the shift when dean pulls the knife out there, there's a shift in a minute. Because um, Dean pulls his knife out because he, he's like, there's an old wives tale that if you die in your dreams, you wake up. Uh, Sam's like, or you just die. <laughs> like, this isn't a dream, Dean. You just die. Dean's like, either, I, either it's real and I die or it's fake and I wake up and I have to take the chance. Um, okay, so Sam is pleading with Dean, trying to get him to stop. Dean's like, I'm like, 90% sure and he's preparing to stab himself when everything goes quiet like the music stops Sam's yelling stops it gets super quiet for like a half a second and then we hear footsteps and out of like coming into focus off to Dean's right is Mary from the Mary from his memories the Mary from the night she died in her in her white nightgown oh I didn't notice um, that there was a different Mary <laughs> It's, it, well, I mean, it's, it's Mary, but it's not the Mary that we've been seeing throughout this episode, you know? Like, it's specifically, like, her in her white nightgown. Yeah. It's a very, like, iconic look within the show. Um, so Sam is suddenly very calm. Like, they're all very calm. Sam asks Mm -hmm. why Dean had to keep digging. 
Um, Carmen and Jess also appear. And Sam's like, you, you should have just left it alone. You were happy. Um, Mary steps in. Um, let me see. What does Mary say to him? It's such a good little moment. Um, Mary says, uh, she says, put the knife down. And he says, you're not real. And she says, it doesn't matter. It's still better than anything you had. Uh, she says, it's everything you want. We're a family again. Um, and this is where we learned that Dean's like, yo, it'll drain the life out of me in a few days. And she says, but in here, it will feel like years, like a lifetime. Um, which, like, <laughs> gotta admit, compared to the real world, like, that's tempting. But, uh, especially considering how much Dean, like, craves his mom. Yeah. You know, how much he misses her. Um... But Jess says that Dean wouldn't have to worry about Sam anymore. He could watch him live a full life. Carmen steps in and says that they could have a family. I have to admit that Carmen does feel a little out of place because she's not, like, a real person to Dean. Like, she's 100% besides her, like, <laughs> face. Like, a figment of the dream. Yeah. But Sam, in like... Sam, Mary, and Jess, though, are, like, these are real people that Dean knew, or knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Dean, uh, knows what he has to do, though, and he tells Sam, I'm sorry, before stabbing himself. Um, uh, I love the way they do this cut. Yeah, I was gonna say that, Because you get too. Dean stabbing himself, and then it cuts to Sam, but it's really tight in on his face, and it still looks like, like, it's, it's Sam, and he yells Dean's name, and it seems at first like they're, you're still in the dream. And then he says Dean's name again, like in a different way. And they, he like the camera shifts and we realize we are in reality now. This is real life Sam. He's found Dean. He's found the Jin's lair. Uh, he's here to save him. Like, mm -hmm. Dean's plan worked. Um, Sam manages to get Dean to wake up. Dean says, Auntie M, there's no place like home. That's not a typo. <laughs> fix that um <laughs> sam says that he thought he'd lost dean and dean's like you almost did <laughs> um so sam's working on cutting dean down when dean spots the Jin. the way it comes out of the darkness is fucking terrifying it reminds yeah. me of like it honestly reminded me of like when you've got like a underwater shot and it's just like empty blue ocean and then suddenly there's a whale <laughs> <laughs> like it just comes out of nowhere. As like that's someone who's been playing of. Subnautica for the past month, I can definitely it's relate. Terrifying. <laughs> that's I what have a renewed specific... fear of the ocean now. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the way that the Jin like emerges from the darkness. Like it's darkness, and then it's there. It's it's terrifying. Yeah, it's very effective. Um, but so Sam starts fighting with the Jin. Um. I totally didn't revive the fight twice because <laughs> Sam like keeps lifting his arms so his shirt goes up <laughs> because Jared is too tall. <laughs> Jared and I both suffer from a condition called really long torso, <laughs> uh, which means that shirts are just never long enough for us. Like Jared has talked about this at conventions that like like his sh like we get so many like glimpses of like his waistband and tummy and stuff because. 
his shirts are not long enough. And so if he lifts his arms, they go up. That's why I wear my, it's part of why I get my flannels so extra big. Yeah. Is to make sure that they're long enough that they like, also so that they like fit around my hips at the bottom because I get boy flannels. So they just like go straight down. <laughs> but like, but I want them to be long enough. I, I also get my t-shirts a little bit too big too, because I, they're just never, I just have a long torso. It just, everything slides up. <laughs> I just like it's not fair. I think so. That's why I do it. <laughs> also, there's the bonus of oversized comfy clothes. Um, exactly. So the Jin overpower Sam uh, gets him pinned to the stairs. He like hits his head pretty hard on the step. I think I'm gonna have to add that to a spreadsheet. <laughs> um, and is going to use his power on Sam when uh, Dean, who has broken free of the ropes, stabs it in the back. Um, he twists the knife to finish the job, and the Jin collapses. And they're both alive. <laughs> we have this little moment where they kind of do this, like, you good, you good looks, you know? Checking yeah. with each other, and then Dean goes to check on the girl, who is also somehow still alive. Um, Sam helps cut her down, and Dean reassures her that they're going to get out of get her out of here and safe. Hey, I have a question. Mm-hmm. How do they, um, while well, wanted by the police, how do they just explain this random, almost dead chick that they turn into the hospital? <laughs> how do they explain the situation to them? I have no idea, which, and I'm sure the writers don't either, which is why we don't see that scene. <laughs> we never see that scene. Yeah, like, like, this the isn't the first like... time, nor is it the last, but I'm like, how oh, do they yeah, do this? No. <laughs> without getting well there's actually there's a there's a season seven episode where we encounter someone that they have saved in the past and we learned that they literally just dropped him off at the hospital and left (laughs) like they were like here's the ir here's the er bye (laughs) like i have a feeling they were probably a little more attentive no, they are like, with this because girl. Because this girl is not walking. No, they like, are. she's barely conscious. Because they get a call from the hospital, remember? But yeah, Sam is on the phone with the hospital. So like, they, and they've sure exchanged probably, contact numbers. <laughs> he probably, like, gave them some fa- false information. And, like, a random ER nurse isn't gonna necessarily recognize a couple of wanted fugitives unless they're... The kind of ER worse that, they watch the ER news, nurse that watches America's Most Wanted a lot. Because I there is no way that in the supernatural world there is not an America's Most Wanted episode about the Winchesters. There's no way. Right? <laughs> like, they literally yeah. make it to the top of the FBI's Most Wanted list. I think they're like two and three or one and two or something like that at some point. Like... <laughs> like... There, there are definitely TV show episodes and true crime podcasts about the Winchesters, and oh, yeah. I want to see that. That's the spinoff <laughs> I want. Um, I also really love outsider POV things, and I really want like the stories of like the random gas station cashiers who sell like six bags of rock ice to some random dudes in their cars that they'll never see ever again. <laughs> Stuff like six bags of like I or. Not ice, salt. Um, oh, yeah. And rock salt. That's rock ice. Where did I get ice I was from? Really confused. I'm like, what's rock ice? <laughs> I'm tired. Like, it's like, like so pebble like ice? Bags of rock salt and some lighters to some random dudes. And then there's like a grave desecration and these guys are never seen again. 
<laughs> you know, I love that sort of stuff. But yeah, somehow, I don't know, they get the girl some help because <laughs> we, which we don't ever see, but we cut back to the motel where Sam is getting I just want to hear what hospital. excuse they give for all of these. I know. I know. Sometimes we get, sometimes we get stories like in, um, like they've got to be on some... season one, episode two, we get the, the bear. Like we hear Ben telling the cop that it was like a massive grizzly bear that they encountered. Yeah. You know, but I don't, but yeah, most of the time we never learn what they tell any of the authorities. <laughs> you know, in a real world, they would be questioned by the police. <laughs> oh, so much. <laughs> So much. And I mean, they do, like, skip town. Yeah. A lot. So that's probably, like, okay, like, here's a here's a number you can contact me at, but that number doesn't actually work by <laughs> kind of thing, maybe? I don't know. I do not know. Uh, I just want to hear what they tell the ER nurse. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. Like, what did they say when they're <laughs> dropping this random chick? They don't even know her name. <laughs> at least they never say her name. <laughs> Um, but thankfully the girl's going to be okay. Um, Sam, Sam tells Dean this after he gets off the phone at the hospital. Dean is flipping through a magazine where he spots an ad for the El Sol beer brand featuring the, uh, the picture of Carmen that I mentioned earlier. I love, I love this. Looks like it's very clearly a modeling shot on I love their this bookshelf. It looks so of, out of place. This is who Carmen is in his mind. Like, that's where he got that image from, you know? Yeah, like the gin just like pulled this face from of his this beautiful mem- from girl his from a beer memory, ad. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we learned Sam- Dean has kind of explained the dream to Sam that like they weren't like close and stuff, but here he kind of delves into it a little more and he explains what his wish was, which is that Mary was alive, but also he explains what he didn't have, which was Sam. Um. And he, he specifically says, I wish for mom to live, that mom never died. We never went hunting. Uh, and he says, but you and me just never, you know. And, like, they, they – because they weren't friends, uh, like, at all even. Uh, and Sam's Sam's like, well, I'm glad we do. Like, <laughs> same, Sam. <laughs> I am also glad that you have a relationship with your brother. <laughs> Oh, this is honestly, um, well, so let me finish up this episode thing and then I'll give you kind of my thoughts. Sam tells Dean that he's glad he dug himself out. He says most people probably wouldn't have had the strength. They would have just stayed. And Dean's like, uh, Dean's like, well, I almost did basically. Like he admits how hard it was that Sam was happy with Jess and like their mom was alive and Dean had like a like it, a normal life you know and Sam's like well it still wasn't real and Dean's like yeah I know but I still wanted to stay um and he kind of reiterates his earlier speech where he he says that he all he can really think about since John's death is how much hunting has cost them and how much they've had to sacrifice along the way um Sam says it's worth it because of how many people Dean saved uh it's not fair but it's worth it and that's kind of the note we end the episode on but it's very clear from Dean's face that he is not 100% sold on this, on whether it's actually worth it. Um, but the big realization that I had while watching this episode, though, is that this episode and Dean's, like, 
where Dean's head is at at the end of this episode of like is everything we've lost in the sake of the job like for the sake of the job and for the sake of revenge is it really worth it is that lays the groundwork for what Dean is going the decision Dean is going to make in the next couple episodes like cuz Dean he it really establishes that yeah he had this great life in his dreams he had a awesome beautiful girlfriend he had his mom he had the knowledge that Sam was happy building a safe life with Jess um but he would never have been able to get be satisfied in that world without Sam um that's like kind of the the key factors Mm -hmm. and that's what most people tend to focus on in this episode is that Dean needs Sam um and I think that was one of like the key reasons why he couldn't stick around was that he couldn't live without that relationship with his brother and we've definitely talked about this before how much Dean needs Sam in order to function like Sam is very codependent on Dean uh and he tends to go off the rails a bit when Dean's not around as we will discover in the next couple seasons um but he can like function as a person without his brother um dean is not very good at that yeah i think jensen has always said that like if dean were to or if sam were to die and dean couldn't bring him back like he would just waste away in the corner of a bar somewhere like he he just wouldn't be able to do it um and this episode really demonstrates that but it also really lays out some groundwork for where dean's head is at heading into the finale mm-hmm. um and specifically the decision he'll make at the beginning of episode 22 um which i have made a note to talk about because i i just it clicked in my brain that like oh my god like dean is talking here about whether or not all the things they've lost is worth it and all he has is sam that's all he's got left yeah is it worth it to lose that last thing? And he's already decided in this episode that, like, no, he can't live without Sam. Like, he needs his brother and their relationship as it is. So, <laughs> I don't know if this is making any sense, but I'm very excited. Yeah, it makes sense. To get to the finale next week. I'm really hyped. <laughs> I'm really, really hyped. <laughs> but yeah, Dean's desire for, the essentially, like, kind of the overall conclusion of this, of this episode is that Dean's desire for a normal happy life and like how much he misses Mary and wishes that he could have grown up with a mom will never override how much he loves and needs Sam in his current existence you know Mm -hmm. so but also we have this thought of is are all the sacrifices worth it? And that, like, question that has been posed. And I, I'm so fucking hyped for the next Yeah, it's week. a good uh, precursor to <laughs> the season finale. <laughs> yes! And I cannot believe I never made, like, made these connections before, because legit, like, um, I was watching the episode last night, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's all clicking in my head why this episode has to be right here why this couldn't have happened earlier in the season, why this episode needs to be right before the finale. And, like, like it's we needed this Dean-centric so that we can get into all the angsty brother drama that's going to c- 
come up well, next. It helps I'm very, very, very excited. Show that, you know, Dean really needs Sam, <laughs> which mm-hmm. shows some of the decisions that Dean makes in the next couple episodes. So, yeah, yeah, it really it just lays out the groundwork. It's like rolling out the red carpet for all the shit that's about to go yeah. down. It's, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, but I think that's it for this week. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention? I've gone through my whole notes. No, I don't think so. It was, again, really good episode. Season Such two has so many good episodes. Season two is just like, they just hit their stride and they just rolled and it was, oh, so good. So good. Oh, but yeah, I think that will be it for this week. Next week. We are actually going to do a combo episode. I am determined to make this happen, even if we have to record half of it one day and half of it another day. Like, yeah. we are going to do this. We might have okay? to do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know if I could do that, do that all in also, one setting. We may also have to record over Discord again. I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe for Haley part of it. Starting a, Haley starting a job on Monday. Surprise. My girl go. <laughs> Look at my girl go. Um, But... Next week, we are covering both parts of the season two finale, All Hell Breaks Loose, and I'm so fucking hyped. (laughs) I'm so hyped. Oh, also, the week after that, we will be recording our feedback episode. Um, That is coming up very, very quick. So if you guys have, like, thoughts and stuff you'd like to share, obviously, um... Like, if you've got, like, behind-the-scenes goodies that maybe neither of us, or Haley doesn't know much about behind-the-scenes, but, like, stuff that you think is fun that didn't get mentioned, um, like, anything. Anything's, like, Supernatural-related, specifically season two, but, like, first two seasons is good. Um, uh, we are, but yeah, we're gonna be doing that in a couple weeks, I'm very excited. Are you and me gonna watch some behind-the-scenes stuff for season two? I would love to watch some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, because I haven't seen it. The only any behind of the it. scenes thing that I know about for this episode, beha- besides um, the age, the thing with the whole schedule, is that the boys like finished filming this episode and like turned to Kripke and were like, please never do this to us again. <laughs> <laughs> because they really, really didn't like um, not being brothers. Yeah. Um, they didn't. They, they really didn't like that. They did a great job at it, but they really didn't enjoy it. Um, which, fair enough. So, but yeah, we're definitely, we'll probably watch some behind the scenes stuff, and we'll talk about, like, the overall season two arc, and it's gonna be fun. When we start season three. Yay! It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be lots of, lots of fun times. But yes, also we the really shortest season. love... Yes, season three is the shortest season. Uh, if we keep to our schedule, we are going to be in season five by the end of the year. Wow. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> it's coming along, like, so fast. Like, so fast. <laughs> it's wild. Um, but yeah. Um, if you guys have anything you want to send to us, um, for the wrap-up episode, you can send those things to we need to talk about Sam at gmail.com. You can also send stuff to us through our social media accounts. You can find the podcast on Twitter at 
we need to talk about or on twitter at talk about sam pod on instagram at we need to talk about sam and on tumblr and tiktok at we need to talk about sam if you i'm doing this all out of order because i didn't have my script pulled up <laughs> if you haven't already please subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app you can find us on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify uh all those fun places also if you were able to please rate and review the podcast on itunes because it helps more people find us if you would like to interact with me specifically, I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lifeflowson3 and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. Awesome. And yep, I think that's all the things. I did stuff out of order. I got myself all thrown off, but I think we have done it. That is it for this week. We will talk to you guys next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. You, you guys say bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not being in person threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ending my recording now. Um, I think I could probably get it lined up. Um, it shouldn't be too difficult. What are you doing? Wrestling a Shih Tzu. Wrestling a puppy. We have a Chloe interruption. Why? Are Hi, you baby. Me? <laughs> she was like digging in her heels. <laughs> She's so cute. She just didn't want to come hang out. You're getting tingled Aww. in my headset. There you go. It's a baby. Say hi. Hi, Chloe. She doesn't give she, a single fuck. She can't hear you. <laughs> nope, she can't hear me. She can't smell me. I don't exist. <laughs> Chloe doesn't really watch screens, does she? I know some dogs love to like watch TV and stuff. Yeah, she, but Chloe it goes right over that. her head. Yeah, no Chloe's like, it, it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so she's so cute. Oh, she's how's she's mad at doing, me now. Huh? She's pouting. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> okay, let me wrap this up. And I will turn it off. The hot items. I don't have either of those. Okay, but I did get a magnetic knife rack, which is fun. Um. <laughs> magnetic knife rack? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly want one of those in real life. Like, and I know you can, like, kind of make them pretty easy, because you basically just need, like, a magnetic, like, like, bar of some kind, you know? And I think it can be, like, a solid strip or, like, have spots of magnets. I don't know. I think probably there's different kinds. But, um, then the knives just stick to it. And you don't have to oh, yeah, I think worry about, like, pulling them in and out of knife blocks and stuff. I think it looks really neat. Um, the knives that I have right now live in a drawer. <laughs> I have a they knife live in stand. in a drawer and they have... What? I have a knife stand thing. Yeah, Babe has a knife stand. And I have a drawer of knives. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. I'm uh, watching myself. In the... <laughs> You're so cute. Uh, okay, let me turn this off. Should we get started? Yes. Because I, I want you to come. I want you to come down. Yeah. I got hobby. That's why I um made sure that I had as much set up as I could. Um, yeah. Let me go get my switch case, which is on my bed. <laughs> Babe, you're attached. I know. Uh oh. <laughs> I was I was worried you're gonna like yank your whole computer off your desk. Have you not seen how long my headphone cord is? No. <laughs> it's like, um, five meters coiled. I think. Jeez. <laughs> it's really long. Oh, maybe I'll play some Stardew tonight when I come over. Yeah. That sounds fun. Babe's been enjoying Stardew Animal Crossing, that. and I've been playing... I'm uh, an Animal Crossing addict. Uh, and I I've been put... playing uh, Subnautica Below Zero, which yes. has been really fun. <laughs> she has been. I've but been I slightly obsessed. <laughs> I literally stayed up all night a couple nights ago. Um, Not last night, but the night before, basically, like all night. Working on my island, getting, uh, I was inspired by Lil Simsy, who was inspired by some other creators, I don't remember who, um, to make an island on my island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I spent, like, literally hours terraforming and, like, knocking down cliffs and chopping up and tree, or chopping down trees, and then I had to get, like, the water tool out and I, f I hate the water tool. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's so annoying. It's really hard to use. Um, uh, but I essentially made, like, a lake with an island in the middle of it. And then I added, like, layers of cliffs to the island. And I put my campsite there. So yeah. you can get to the island because I already had that bridge set up. Do you remember behind our houses? Haley yeah. has a house on my Animal Crossing island. There's that bridge that's set up behind the houses. So you get to the island via the bridge. Um, and then there's, like, big cliffs and waterfalls and stuff. And you, like, go in and it's, like, a little 
like box canyon kind of thing where it the walls like curve around and the campsite's back there and there's a barbecue and a little campfire and some log stools and trees and flowers and stuff it's really cute i cannot wait for it to not be winter in the game anymore yeah i need to see it babe <laughs> i haven't it seen like it green. yet yes he hasn't seen it yet um i did post a picture of the map in the um <laughs> multi-shipper armada let me get the picture and send it to you real quick of the map so can you, you share go. screenshots of the map copy image no i took a picture of the screen oh okay so you sent a old, mean it's old lady powerful. screenshot yes because i have a switch light so <laughs> um, i bought you that switch light yes it is a gift from my girl and i like it <laughs> it was a very good gift thank you babe you're welcome okay it's really cute though i'm very pleased with it there we go okay it wouldn't let me just copy and paste the file <laughs> look at that <laughs> destroyed it. Oh, wow, you've, like, rearranged the whole rivers. Yeah. So, it's kind of hard to tell on the map. The This was taken before the campsite moved, so the campsite is officially over there now. Um, So that square on the island, that's where the campsite moved to. Oh, that's really cute. But yeah, you can see there's the bridge, there's a little waterfall just to one side of the bridge, and then, like, Ooh. down along the corner, there's, like, a a waterfall that I accidentally made split and I honestly love it it's gorgeous it's great but I also set it up so you can still access that beach over on the side uh -huh. um you just have to use the vault pole to get over there so but there is like enough land over there that you can just vault over there's also like little like outcroppings and places you can walk along the outside of the island I don't know if you can tell that that's the darker green part is the lowest level um, and so you can, like, vault across in certain places. Um, but yeah. That looks and good, then... babe. <laughs> Woo! Bless you. Um, I have also, since taking this picture, I've rearranged the path behind our house a little bit, and I, I bought two more crops. So we have... 5, 10, 15, 20... I think we have 30 plants now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. A lot's our, changed since I've last played. <laughs> um, I need so, to get on and play I got, tonight. Cause... I got 20 more plants because we had 10 sugar cane. So I got 10 carrots and 10 tomatoes when I went to Leif's stall on Red or on Harvey's Island. Because um, that's what he had. So I was like, I'll get 10 of each so I can do even rows. So I put like, there's like a cliff along the pat or along the river like on our side there's a little cliff that i'm probably gonna put some plants and stuff on top of um and then i have like a little fenced in uh farm <laughs> behind our houses <laughs> it's really cute I'm excited to i also see finally it. found a home for stonehenge so that's right in front of nook's cranny next to um maggie's house we put stonehenge in <laughs> yeah nice um i think it was Gulliver that gave it to me I think so so I do still want to 
go in and rearrange the villager houses a little bit. Like, I want to push Eloise's back so it's in line with Freckles. I want to move Sherb's so it's, like, more in line. And, like, obviously, like, Lyman's needs to be pulled forward. <laughs> and Maggie's... Uh, I might leave Maggie where it is. I'm... Mm, do I want to move two houses or three? It depends. We'll see. But I do want to, like, rearrange a little bit. Oh, also, Beardo's leaving. Oh, um, how come? <laughs> he's moving out. <laughs> he's packing up today. He'll be gone tomorrow. Did he get mad? So ma- I need to find a new, I need to find a new villager. <laughs> Did he get mad? Um, No, he just asked, like, he was like, I'm thinking about, like, going on an adventure, like, seeking, you know. Because they all think about leaving at some point, and you can, like, ask them to stay or not. And so he said that, and I was like, uh, bye. <laughs> he made Freckles cry, okay? I thought you were warming up to Beardo, though. I was a little bit, but he's not my, he's probably my, mm, yeah, he's probably my least favorite villager on the island. Yeah. Right so, I do need to visit some mystery islands and um, see who I can find. Ooh, my caps lock is on. <laughs> Your keyboard is very loud in my earphones. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs>